Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. My name is Jesse Romero. I am the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Latin lover of Our Lady. This is where politics, culture, and the church intersect. This program is not right versus left. It is right versus wrong. I'm reporting for duty. My partner Terry is doing some apostolic work. But if you like what you hear on the Terry and Jesse show, hey, you can support the show by sharing the full show link at vmpr.org. You can also find us on social media at VM Radio and our YouTube channel called Full Sheen Ahead. Share us with your friends and evangelize everybody that you love. We're going to be talking about a couple of Supreme Court decisions that have put a smile in my face. I don't know about you. They've uh, Some of these Supreme Court cases... Has as they say, they've turned, they've turned our frown upside down. So, I think people are always uh, up to hearing some good news, and that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. I also want to remind you that we are now in the month of July. The month of July is dedicated to the precious blood of Jesus. The Feast of the Precious Blood of Jesus was instituted in 1849 by Pope Pius IX. But if you really think about it, that devotion is as old as Christianity itself. Because remember, New Testament theology teaches us that it's only by the blood of Jesus that we are redeemed and we are saved. Nobody who gets to heaven will get to heaven apart from the blood of Jesus Christ. In fact, the early church fathers, they say that the church was born from the pure side of Christ in John chapter 19. And that the sacraments were brought forth through his blood. This is church teaching. The precious blood which we worship at the holy sacrifice of the Mass or in adoration, the precious blood which we worship, which the Savior shed for us on Calvary and reassumed at His glorious resurrection. It is the blood of Jesus which courses through the veins of his risen, glorified, living body at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. And it is the blood made present on our altars by the words of consecration. It is the blood which merited sanctifying grace for us and through it washes and beautifies our soul and inaugurates the beginning of eternal life. I'm also going to be talking about a little later on in the show. Uh, Donald Trump, former President Trump, says that Catholics in America are under assault by the Biden regime. We'll take a look at that. Also, there seems to be a scientific study that there's a certain chemical that's put in the water by design 
It's called atrazine. And according to scientific studies, the atrazine in the water are turning the frogs gay. Yep. That's exactly what the article says. Atrazine in the water is turning the frogs gay. We'll take a look at that as well. Also, the last segment we'll have church news. We'll have somebody from Church Militant, one of their anchors, give us an update on church news, politics, and the culture. Let's let me give you some soul food for today. Some soul food. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Then I want to talk about the saint of the day. Saint uh, Elizabeth of Portugal. Pray for us. In fact, Saint Elizabeth of Portugal, this is an incredible saint for many women who are in bad relationships. Many holy Catholic women who have married men that have fallen into a life of lukewarmness or apathy. And to be honest, many women will be saved as a result of being St. Monica or St. Elizabeth of Portugal to their family. Yep. God knows what he's doing. And he put you in the right family with the, with, the, with the particular husband that you have for either him to save your soul or you to save his soul. It's usually the woman's penance and prayer and sacrifice that ends up bringing the husband to conversion. And that's the story of St. Elizabeth of Portugal. So, St. Elizabeth of Portugal was daughter of a Spanish king and the 12-year-old bride of King Dennis of Portugal. From the first, Elizabeth devoted herself to relieving the sufferings of the poor of the kingdom. Yet the chief beneficiary of of Elizabeth's kindness was her husband. Dennis, King Dennis. During King Dennis's many travels, he was kind of a ladies' man. He fathered several illegitimate, illegitimate children. And guess what? Elizabeth, instead of rejecting them, Elizabeth freely supported all of these illegitimate children sired by her husband with other women. When her own son, when Elizabeth's own son, Alonso, rebelled against his father, King Dennis, Elizabeth brokered peace between the two. Her tender care for her husband, Dennis, on his deathbed, definitively won his heart for Christ. Afterwards, St. Elizabeth dressed in the garb of a Franciscan tertiary, and gave herself in prayer and humble service until her own death in 1336. 
Saint Elizabeth stands as a role model to Catholic women around the world. And I can just only imagine that God, when he saw her, when she died and went into eternity, God told Saint Elizabeth, Come, you blessed of my father. I was sick and you visited me. Amen, I say to you, whatever you did, you did for the one of the least of my brethren, you did it for me. O oh God, author of peace and lover of charity, who adorned St. Elizabeth of Portugal with a marvelous grace for reconciling those in conflict, grant through her intercession that we may become peacemakers and so be called the children of God through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Today's gospel. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Matthew chapter 8, verse 28 to 34. When Jesus came to the territory of the Gadarenes, two demoniacs, these are two possessed people, who were coming from the tombs, met him. They were so savage that no one could travel by that road. They cried out, what have you to do with us, son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the appointed time? So notice, the demons recognize Jesus Christ of Nazareth. They recognize his divinity immediately. The Bible says, Some distance away, a herd of many swine was feeding. The demons pleaded with him. If you drive us out, send us into the herd of swine. And Jesus said to them, Go then. They came out and entered the swine, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea where they were drowned. The swine herds ran away, and when they came to the town, they reported everything, including what had happened to the demoniacs. Thereupon the whole town came out to meet him, and when they saw him, they begged him to leave their district. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. When you ever feel some type of demonic affliction, demonic oppression, obsession, call on the name of Jesus. Demons fear our Lord and demons fear our Lady. The two go-to prayers that we should go to immediately when we're starting to feel some type of affliction, call on our Lord. Call on Our Lady. Those are the two people in sacred scripture that the demons fear. Well, up next, we're going to be talking about the, uh, basically, the way we're being warned by Donald Trump that Catholics in America are under assault by the Biden regime. Stick around. We'll be right back. So, are we as Catholics experiencing a greater persecution right now than we have in times past. 
Well, that's what Donald Trump has told us. Donald Trump is warning us that under Joe Biden, under the Biden regime, that Catholics are in America are under assault. In fact, during his most his two most recent public speeches, Trump has made this particular point of emphasis to remind Americans that the Biden administration is targeting Catholics. Just ask Mark Hauk and others. I don't think anybody can deny, as you look at the last three years, that Catholics are under assault by the Department of Justice. And as a result of that, Donald Trump is obviously saying about his nemesis that Catholics should not vote for for Joe Biden in 2024. There's he's here's what Trump said a couple of weeks ago at the Evangelical Faith and Freedom Conference in Washington, D.C. He said there's never been an assault on Catholics and the and likes of which they of which they're having right now, close quote. He said, the FBI has been caught labeling devout Catholics as domestic terrorists. Yep, those are people that attend the Latin Mass, like myself. And sending undercover spies into Catholic churches, just as it was in the old Soviet Union days. Pretty rough stuff. Who can believe this, Donald Trump said. Donald Trump also at this... uh, Evangelical Faith and Freedom Conference in Washington, D.C. He also obliterated the woke communists and the deep state for waging war on God. He also said that at the annual Faith, Evangelical Faith and Freedom Conference in Washington, D.C. According to Pew Research data, 44% of Catholics identify as Democrats, while 35% say they are Republican. Only 19% are independent. But Trump reiterated his comments in Concord, New Hampshire, a couple of weeks ago, in, in his remarks to Republican women. He said this, quote, how would a Catholic ever vote for Joe Biden when, they're act, when there's actually an assault on Catholics? Catholics are being targeted by the FBI and the Department of Justice and then you're supposed to vote for Joe Biden? It doesn't make sense. That's what uh, uh, former President Donald Trump said at uh, another conference in Concord, New Hampshire. And in February, whistleblower Kyle Serafim released a memo exposing the FBI for engaging in surveillance of Catholics who attend the traditional Latin Mass in Northern Virginia. Are you kidding me? This is horrible. Clergy, as well as conservative politicians, universally condemned the efforts, which many said were a clear example of Joe Biden's weaponization of the intelligence agencies for political gain. The FBI was also strongly denounced by social conservatives for conducting a raid of Mark Houck's house in Pennsylvania last September. Mark Houck, a pro-life activist, father of seven, who was found innocent 
of assaulting an escort outside an abortion clinic in Philadelphia said the experience left his children traumatized. On Saturday, this past Saturday, Donald Trump urged his audience to never forget the the targeting that the Biden regime is carrying out against Catholics. Yep, we shouldn't forget that. Absolutely right. Trump also said at the Evangelical Faith and Freedom Conference in Washington, D.C., that the U.S. government has a vital role to play in protecting unborn life. So it seems with that last statement that Donald Trump has become even stronger against abortion. He said, Christians are being persecuted like nothing this nation has ever seen before. Remember that when they tell you about how much they love you, they don't love you at all. I don't understand how people of faith can vote for these Democrats. They've become monsters. They're fighting you all the way on religion, close quote. Donald Trump promised that if he's reelected, federal law enforcement will never again be used to target Christians. And Americans of faith, he said, are not a threat to our country. Americans of faith are actually the soul of our country. That's what he stated. You know, as Catholics, he's absolutely right. Donald Trump, that we we Catholics were under assault. Joe Biden and the entire federal government are waging an all-out war on Catholics because we stand in their way and we're preventing them from imposing their radical woke agenda on the country. That's why we as Catholics, we've got to band together and fight back. If we don't, if we sit back, we're going to be destroyed. We have to defend our faith in the public square. We have to defend our families. And we have to defend our freedom. And thanks be to God, there's many good Catholic organizations that are doing just that. Every lay person, it's crucial. If we're going to preserve our Catholic faith in America, it's crucial that we stand against the most dangerous presidential administration in our history. Again, under the, under the direction of Joe Biden and his, and his administration, the federal government is conducting an all-out war on Catholics. The government is after, is after us because we stand in their way. We're keeping Joe Biden and his administration from imposing their radical anti-Catholic woke agenda on America. This makes us their enemies. So they must force us to submit or silence us. But Catholics cannot and will not be silenced. That's why as Catholics we have to mobilize to defend our family, to defend our faith and our religion here in this country. And we have to defend our faith from these unprecedented anti-Catholic actions that are coming from our own government. The Biden administration is weaponizing the federal government against Catholics like you and me, including the Department of Justice, 
the FBI, the Department of Health and Human Services, the Department of Defense, and more. According to these anti-Catholic socialists, you and I are the threats. And we can't take these attacks lying down. We have to, we have to make sure that Biden is not reelected. We have to sound the alarm to millions of mass attending Catholics and recruit them to join us to fight to save our lie, ourselves and our way of life and protect our Catholic faith. And so we can't back down. We have to get to the bottom of the FBI's outrageous memo targeting Catholics since it was first leaked in January. The FBI was out to infiltrate our Catholic churches, set up tripwire programs and cultivate sources who would spy on fellow parishioners and report back to the FBI. In addition to parishioners, the Biden government set out to recruit local diocesan leadership to be snitches. Can you imagine that? There have been well over 300 attacks on Catholic church, Catholic churches and pro-life pregnancy centers since 2020 under the Biden regime. And hundreds of real criminal acts have been ignored, yet our government is working to infiltrate the Catholic church, implying that we as faithful Catholics are somehow domestic terrorists. The Biden administration refused to recommend any jail time for a convicted transgender domestic terrorist who desecrated St. Louis Catholic Church in Bellevue, Washington, and yet it sent a squad of armor-clad FBI agents to terrorize and arrest Catholic pro-life activist Mark Houck. Also, just hours before Holy Week was to begin, officials at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center in Bethesda, Maryland, canceled a decades-old contract with the Franciscan Friars and sent them a cease and desist order, which kept them from providing Catholic pastoral care to veterans and service members, even for free. Archbishop Timothy Broglio of the U.S. Archdiocese for the Military Services called this incomprehensible. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the evidence is overwhelming. Washington is conducting an all-out war on Catholics. Times like these call for all mass attending Catholics like you and I to band together and defend our faith, our families, and our freedom. We have to join with hundreds of Catholics, thousands of Catholics around the country. And we have to let our voices be heard and make sure that Joe Biden does not become reelected. We're up against the full might and power of the federal government. And we need to show America's Catholics that don't know what the Biden administration is really doing behind the scenes. We have to hold Joe Biden accountable for his anti-Catholic governance. And we need to swell our ranks and make it, impo- make it impossible 
for the Biden administration or the FBI or any agency of the federal government to silence us and deny us the right to practice our Catholic faith as God calls us to. Practicing our Catholic faith is our God-given right. And I want to thank all you courageous Catholics out there who live your faith every single day and your prayer warriors. We have to step up our prayers, our penance, our sacrifice, going to Holy Mass. Because the persecution against Catholics, they've ramped it up. So we have to ramp up our prayers and our penance. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Up next, I'm going to be talking about what the government is doing to our water. You're not going to believe it. We'll be right back. This next topic is, I can't believe this is happening in America. It's funny, throughout the course of time, the, the evil that the government is, is capable of, it just continues to amaze me. It really does. Here's something that most people haven't heard about. The article is called Atrazine Turning the Frogs Gay. So when you bring up things like this, of course, people will say, that's a conspiracy theory. By the way, the term conspiracy theory was a term coined by the CIA back in the 60s to try to debunk their enemies. So whenever you hear the word conspiracy theory, that just reminds me, of that alphabet agency, the CIA, which I do not trust at all. But the term conspiracy theory is a term coined by the CIA against their political enemies. Well, Alex Jones warned us a long time ago that the government was making the frogs gay. And people were saying, are you kidding me? Well, guess what? He was correct. But of course, his delivery did not go over very well. However, Robert F. Kennedy brought this up. He brought up atrazine, which is a weed killer. Atrazine is a weed killer. Robert Kennedy brought up this topic while on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he explained the very serious matter. Atrazine is a legal herbicide used to kill weeds in the U.S. farmers in the U.S. And they're also permitted to use atrazine to repel pests. So again, it's a legal herbicide used to kill weeds in the U.S. Now, farmers in the U.S. are also permitted to use atrazine to repel pests. But this chemical has been linked to leukemia. This chemical has also been linked to lymphoma and numerous cancers. Atrazine is banned throughout the world. But America 
permits its usage and insists it is safe. Atrazine has become the most commonly found chemical in U.S. drinking water. Turning the frogs gay. Yeah. I know that seems to be a comical outlandish line that cannot possibly be true. Well, according to researchers, they placed a group of frogs in water with a level of atrazine that would be considered safe for humans in America. Atrazine is a potent is a potent endocrine disruptor that both chemically castrates and feminizes male amphibians. It depletes androgens in adult frogs and reduces androgen-dependent growth of the larynx in, develop, in developing male larvae. Guess what? That last statement was published by PubMed Central in 2006. PubMed Central, they placed 40 male frogs in a tank. And 30 of those frogs were chemically castrated by the atrazine in the water. Four of those frogs actually turned into females and produced fertile eggs. Yet, that level is said to be non-toxic to humans and wildlife. Atrazine has spread to our drinking water in countless areas across the nation. In fact, in 2018, an environmental group estimated that up to 30 million Americans were drinking water laced with atrazine, which again is weed killer. 10 million of which are in Texas, which the group confirmed by studying nearly 500 water utility systems. Yet the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, another three-letter alphabet agency, insists that atrazine is safe and the government refuses to ban the harmful chemical. What will this dangerous chemical do to developing children? Just asking the questions. Could this be causing higher levels of cancer among the population? This is yet another chemical banned worldwide that the U.S. government allows its citizens to consume without their knowledge. <laughs> this is just another reason that I distrust our government and the scientific community. Let me give you another reason why I distrust the scientific community, our government, and the medical community as well. You know, I, I think about, for example, in my lifetime, the scientific community has been hijacked and politicized by the woke left. Let me give you 12 pieces of evidence. Number one, the whole climate change movement is unsettled science. Number two, 
the whole homosexuals were born that way. Guess what? There's no medical evidence whatsoever. And I remind you that before 1973, the DSM, which is the Bible for psychiatrists and psychologists, the DSM uh, classified homosexuality as a mental illness. Number three, abortion is called health care. That's pure propaganda. That's, that's a life from the pit of hell. Number four, we have now the sale of aborted baby organs that we've discovered through undercover investigators like David Delighton and Project Veritas. Number five, our government tells us that medical marijuana is good for you. There's no proof of that. By the way, the whole marijuana industry, recreational and medicinal, has been funded by George Soros. Number six, we have the cloning of human beings in laboratories. This is Frankenstein science. Number seven, our government, our, our, uh, our woke medical community calls euthanasia merciful and dignified. Guess what euthanasia does? It turns doctors into killers. Number eight. We've been told since elementary school that we all came from monkeys, lizards, tadpoles, and polywogs, according to Darwinian evolution. Guess what? That's unscientific propaganda to promote atheism. Number nine. Catholic licensed family marriage therapists have been blackballed by mental health organizations for what? For using reparative therapy and trying to help homosexuals become normal. Number 10. Transgender bathrooms, transgenderism. There's no science behind this. This is pure liberal propaganda. Number 11. Many Democrats and, and uh, fake scientists say the earth is coming to an end in 12 years. This is promoted by people like Al Gore, AOC, and others. They're promoting, uh, again, that the world is going to end in short time as a result of global warming and, and uh, carbon footprints, etc., and number five, you have doctors. Can you imagine you have medical doctors that prescribe opioids for sex? Uh, and these drug dealing doctors also receive large amounts of money from pharmaceutical companies to prescribe these opioids. We also have doctors that now mutilate young children Mutilate perfect, healthy body parts. You get my point. Just follow the money. The love of money is the root of all evil. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. These are medical and scientific monsters in my book. Promoting these lies which are pure deception. Remember, 
that Satan is the father of lies, John chapter 8, verse 44. And Satan is the master deceiver in Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. I'll tell you another reason why I don't entirely trust our government and the medical community. The government experimented with vaccines. It was called the Tuskegee experiment and the polio vaccination contamination where thousands of people died in this country. Specifically, the Tuskegee study was done on blacks, on male blacks. And of course, uh, as a result of, of uh, the government killing many male blacks, the government settled a class action lawsuit out of court in 1974 for $10 million in lifetime health benefits for all participants, all black males, of the Tuskegee experiment. Yep, that's why I don't trust the government entirely. I only have blind faith in God. I don't have blind faith in my government. Up next, we got Church Militant talking to us about politics and the culture wars. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Hey, every Wednesday, we got an anchor from Church Militant to give us an update on church news, politics, and the culture. Brad, welcome, my friend. Good to see you. What's going on in the culture wars? Jesse, I'm very happy to be with you today. The culture war, I wish, was being fought uh, ardently by the church, and it seems, uh, unfortunately, the church keeps parroting uh, political talking points instead of actually fighting and addressing the culture wars that uh, are oftentimes caused by the political uh, structures of this church in this in this country and around the world. Uh, a case in point: Archbishop of Washington, Cardinal Wilton Gregory, took to Twitter on the Fourth of July yesterday. You know, we're supposed to be celebrating the freedom and all those who fought for it. And he had this to say. He says, you know, many people in our nation are not free from hunger, gun violence, racism, or poverty. You know, right there goes down the, the social justice warrior path uh, <laughs> and all the leftists. But, you know, it's like clockwork with these guys. Can't they say anything about the Catholic faith, you know, the deposit of faith, which they know a lot about? They don't know too much about the political uh, structures out there. He also mentions, uh, you know, a brief kind of ricochet passing mention of those who uh, secured the freedom. Well, a news flash, it was men who had guns uh, and men who were proud of their country, uh, not proud of their sexual orientation uh, and not illegal immigrants, uh, you know, trying to sneak their way and break the laws. Uh, and a thing that I really wish they would, they would bring up, uh, Jesse, is the fact that you know, he talks about the, the racism and violence and all this. What We all know, whoever's been working with kids, the main ingredient in that anger and that violence is the fatherlessness. About that, how to strengthen the family and what, you know, the family initiatives out there. Instead of just talking about illegal immigration and taking, you know, disarming, uh, you know, law-abiding citizens. So... That's that's kind of where we're at right now. You know, Brad, Barack Obama years ago 
once or twice he broached the topic of fatherless America, and he was speaking to the black community, but he pulled away. I think he got his hand slapped by probably by his party, and he pulled back, and he never really broached those topics again. But at least on two occasions, he was he was right over the target where he was talking about the problem in this country is fatherless America. And uh, you never heard him talk about it again. That's too bad that, he, I, I get, again, I think somebody in his party or many people just slapped him in the hand and say, hey, don't talk like that. You're sounding like a patriot or like a conservative. Uh, and so yeah, and the, he, pulled, he, he, he pulled back. I believe he's a very smart individual. I just wish he'd always channel that smarts to uh, lead the country and be pro-American when he was doing it. Uh, you know, and also one indication that that was right on target is to just go back to uh, Fatima in 1917. And Sister Lucia said later on that Our Lady communicated to her that the uh, Satan's final attack would be on the family. And if we don't have that in spades, I mean, you just had a whole litany of the problems in the culture today, euthanasia, transgenderism, and on and on. And all of that's geared at the family and all of that's stripping away fathers and separating children from their parents. Uh, and, and really is not boding well for the next generation and even the generation we're in because this has been going on for quite a while. You know, Brad, if, if, there's, if there's an apparition that's absolutely relevant for such a time as this right now, it's Our Lady of Fatima. The prophecies of Fatima and also the, the Fatima peace plan, what Catholics need to embrace, uh, the final battle. Everything about Our Lady of Fatima is 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 speaking about what's happening right now. We're not talking about the future. It's happening right now in living color. Yeah, now, if you just happen to have a miter on when you were saying that, I mean, you're, you're, you would be golden right now. I mean, the, it's a sad thing that the laity, uh, such as yourself and ourselves, we have to be the ones that are talking about this when our bishop, archbishop, you know, the, of Washington is just talking about all the democratic talking points out there that are just sending the country. You know, they're, they're supposed to be working for a Jewish carpenter as their boss. If they don't want to do the work, don't take the pay, you know? You know, again, I, I, Brad, I think all of this, and, and, and Michael talked about it this morning in his vortex, about the connection that we've all known about for, for a long time now, the connection between the Catholic bishops and the Marxist Democrats and the way the, the bishops are beholden to them and this is why there's silence from the pulpits. This is why we see social justice programs in the Catholic Church taking precedence above and beyond church doctrine, the deposit of faith, the sacred liturgy. Uh, we're enmeshed. We're enmeshed the bishops with the Democrat Party, and we have to we have to disentangle this uh, this this uh, uh, what I would call this adulterous relationship. Well, yeah, we have Judas priests out there who are willing to have their hands tied by the purse strings. And we're talking for the viewer out there, millions and millions and millions of dollars for all these social justice programs uh, that they're being paid to be either just misdirected, redirected, but they certainly aren't worrying about salvation of souls. They're just worrying about all the, you know, the democratic uh, talking points, which they're paid to tend to. And that's an unfortunate thing. Um, but uh, apart from that, we're moving across the pond over uh, in Rome. It, things aren't looking a lot better. There's a head of the CDF. We always call it the CDF, Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith, but now it's the Dicastery, so DDF, Doctrine of the Faith. And that's the head watchdog for, morale, for, for faith and morals, the deposit of faith in our church. And the guy that was tapped to do that, Archbishop Victor uh, uh, Manuel Fernandez, uh, he took to Facebook uh, the day before 
on July 3rd. And of all things, you know, he doesn't get installed until September, but of all things, he's defending this silly book he wrote years ago. He was a pastor <laughs> still, and it was about kissing. You know, I mean, the viewer out there is like, yeah, right. You know, well, the title of the book, you can Google it, Heal Me With Your Mouth, The Art of Kissing. Now, this guy is had his hands in, he was the ghostwriter for Amoris Letizia, probably the worst, you know, if you call the magisterial document, some people uh, argue about that, but the worst document, apostolic letter, uh, on pastoral approach on all are welcome, you know, homosexuals and, and everybody can receive, you know, divorced and remarried, everybody can receive Holy Communion without any repentance, conversion, or anything. He's the guy that wrote that. Now, I'm not saying that that's what the document, you know, he went at great lengths to to imply and infer and into it, and you can read into it and all this without coming right out and saying it, but it really caused a stir in, in uh, 2016 after all the, the um, uh, you know, the synod on the family and all that was, was wrapped up in 2015. So anyway, this is the guy, and he's of all things saying that, you know, I, 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 I meant to write that, you know, I was young and I'm trying to reach the, reach the kids and all that and write this out there for them. So, you know, instead of talking about chastity and morality and all this type of stuff, you just push this stuff. It's beyond the pale. I really. Yeah, uh, I think the name of his book is called Heal Me With Your Mouth, The Art of Kissing. Not making how, it up. <laughs> how can the new doctrinal czar of the Vatican to head the doctrine, the church's doctrine, you know, and he's the discipline watchdog as well. Uh, this is where his mind is at. He's not thinking about the deposit of faith. His mind is somewhere else, and and uh, this is this is deeply disturbing that this man that the buck stops with him when it comes to the deposit of faith. Yeah. Also, talk you talked you mentioned there about the discipline and the congregation of doctrine of faith was also handling all the sex abuse cases, and so he originally says he was tapped for the position. He told the Pope no. Uh, this is also in his social media outlet page there. He says, no, because I, I, I didn't know how to handle clerical sex abuse, you know. I'm not trained to handle all that. Well, dude, <laughs> how easy is it? Don't, you know, molest people, especially kids. And, uh, you know, that's wrong. And if you do that, you're going to be defrocked or whatever. I mean, it does, it's not rocket science. And he said, oh, I just couldn't do that. Well, the Pope has since separated that particular arm and made it kind of its own little uh, alcove in the, in the congregation, the doctor of the faith, the dicastery, the doctor of the faith. So uh, he feels comfortable to take over the role now. He's just like, I'm just watching doctrine now and not shepherding the, the priests out there who are doing wrong. So it uh, doesn't give you a lot of hope for what's going to be coming down the pike after <laughs> September, you know. Uh, but there what is some good got? news. Yeah, sure, all There's right. some good news. Uh, Sheen out there, there's a, a Sheen rally we would like the people to know about and, and plug into. It's a uh, FultonSheenMovement.com is where you can find out about it, FultonSheenMovement.com. They're having a rally, and it's in Sheen's home state uh, in the town of uh, Homer Glen, Illinois. That's his hometown, Homer Glen, Illinois. And it's about moving his cause for beatification onward. He's venerable now. They wanted to get it to beatification status. I think they already had a miracle already. So it was just being held up. You know, I don't think it's anything to do with Sheen whatsoever. Uh, it's about his his doctrine, his teaching. If that ever got out, all of that, that could that's enough to ignite, really ignite a, uh, a, a revolution back to Catholicism, traditional grassroots Catholicism. Uh, and I think that's what they really don't want to have happen. His, his talking points and Supish's talking points are completely different. <laughs> you know, Fulton Sheen was talking about communism 50 years ago, 
And he was he was uh, telling us that this is the danger that we're going to be facing. He was also talking about, uh, you know, homosexuality uh, within the clergy, within society. He was talking about things 50, 60 years ago that we're seeing right now in living color. The man was prophetic. Uh, I mean, I, all I could say is... It, what he said to the laity that the lady's going to save the church, that's something that it should be burning every single lay person's heart, that the ladies teach your priests how to be priests, teach your bishops how to be bishops. And that's where we're at right now, Brad. Unfortunately, the B team has to do the job because the A team is asleep on the wheel. Yeah, and he really also, he talked about Fatima and Our Lady of Fatima and Our Blessed Virgin Mary there, how she was going to be a catalyst to go ahead and move the Islamic uh, you know, the, the true ecumenism, uh, ecumenism uh, move that ball, it would be Our Lady of Fatima uh, that would do it. I believe uh, uh, Muhammad's daughter, he named her uh, Fatima. And uh, for him, you know, he thought, you know, how do you get this stuff? I don't totally know where he gets everything as far as prophetic, you know, because he's spot on well in advance, decades ever before we all see it. So that's what his, you know, you talked about the late, he has to step up, Our Lady Fatima being an instrumental in bringing the Islamic horde in, and also what he said about communism, that they're the scavenger and of a decaying society, when the society is decaying. So don't blame communism. Communism actually is, is brought about by a decaying, uh, you know, society that is actually going through moral decay. And we need to start that back again with the Fatim family and get that morality back. And that will push communism off the continent. Amen. Brad, I hear the music. That's a wrap, my friend. Thanks for coming on every single Wednesday. Church Milton, God bless you, my friend. Hey, thank you for tuning in to the Terry and Jesse Show. Remember, St. Father Pio says, pray hope and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and will hear your prayer. Catholics, Pray your rosary every single day. Catholics, go to Mass as often as possible. Catholics, embrace a life of penance and prayer. Catholics, read the Mass readings every day. Catholics, go to confession often, often. Remain in a state of grace. God bless you. Keep the faith. Long live Christ the King. <laughs>